1: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and I am pumped to be joined by the Brooke Destro. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. Brooke, training camp is getting closer and closer. And a popular topic throughout the season is always the lineup. Who is playing with who? Should they be playing there? Should they not be playing there? So we thought, why not look at the free agent additions and where they fit? in the lineup where we think they should be who they should be playing with. So that is Ryan Paling, Mark Stahl and Garnet Hathaway. So Brooke, I'll open it up with Garnet Hathaway. I think he was probably the biggest addition in the offseason, a mm-hmm. two year deal, um, bottom six winger, a guy with experience in your mind, what line should he be playing on and who do you want to see be his line mates?
0: Yeah, I, <sighs> hmm. I'm so back and forth with all of the free agent signings this year. Um, Nothing detrimental by any means, I don't think. They're all short-term contracts. You can't freak out. I know you see a lot of people stressed out with um, looking at these signings, like, we're in a rebuild. Why are you bringing older veterans in? And I'm like, it's not – a four-year deal worth 5 million annually. You yeah. know, like it's this little like trial, bring people in, you still need veterans. You can have a very young team, you still need that kind of presence. So I think I think Hathaway in a sense, you know, he's he's coming from Boston which is, you know, they're coming off of the most historic season you've ever seen and then the biggest flop in the playoffs you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little shot. Little shot of Boston. <laughs> I'll take it when I can get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that he's going to come in with a really strong sense of Mm -hmm. what it takes to win, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the regular season. I don't see him being a a fourth liner. I I see him kind of falling in third. I don't see him any higher. I think that I, for the most part, team and the organization is really going to push for those younger guys to get more time and get more acclimated. Um, with more responsibility on the ice. Um, but as that goes, I don't really see, I feel like depicting this lineup and the lines for this season is going to be very difficult yeah. because you got a bunch of little, little guys, prospects,
1: <laughs> the little, little guys. guys, the
0: little guys, a little AI, yeah. my little dudes, my little dudes. Um, you have all these younger prospects and you're kind of going to keep flipping them around and seeing what happens until something clicks. So I don't, I see him as a third line, Yeah. but I also see, you know, if, if a player really comes in and, you know, is fighting for his life and is earning that spot, like he can, he can bump himself down. And I don't think that's anything he's going to take offense to because he knew what he was getting into with the rebuild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the guy that he could really be competing with playing time wise and spot in the lineup could be Wade Allison. Mm-hmm. I think Wade Allison's probably the guy that could either be a third liner, but if he's not doing some of the things that John Tortorella likes, if he's maybe struggling with his health, he could bump down to the fourth line. And I think Tortorella is going to like Garnet Hathaway. I think he, I'm sure Tortorella had his voice in there about potentially adding him. A, he's very much a John Tortorella type of player. Um, so I think Tortorella will have no problem bumping no. halfway up in the lineup if he wants to play him on the third line, give him some more minutes, um, especially if he's going that night. Uh, Brooke, in my mind, I actually would love him to, to see him on the fourth line. I think I want to see a player like Wade Allison play um, in your top nine. I want to see some younger players featured a little higher. And I remember John Tortorella last season during training camp and leading into uh, the regular season, he mentioned the fourth line being an identity line, and I could. Really see some of their physical, uh, four check oriented vets being that identity line. That being sure. Delorie, Hathaway, and not to jump the gun here, but Ryan Paling, I mm-hmm. think could be a fourth line center for them. Um, I could see that being that identity fourth line. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I'm with you. I really think Torella might bump Paling and Hathaway up and really make some of the younger players that he's not totally sold on yet earn that you know, that top nine role. Um, I don't think it's going to be given the way to Allison. um, But Hathaway, I think, is an ideal fourth liner that would really compliment Nicholas Delaurier, have it kind of be that brutal to play against fourth line that's going to be in your face, uh, stand up for other guys, and kind of set the tone for some of your younger players when they come back on the ice for their next shift.
0: Yeah, so my biggest thing, and I always, I, I don't know if I want to throw a red flag or a question mark, that they are labeling, you know, a bunch of these like new signings. They're very Flyers type players. Yeah. And I'm like, what version are we looking at when you're <laughs> saying Flyers type players? The bullies are long gone.
1: Yeah.
0: R. I. P. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's not coming back. No. A- as much as you know, hold it near and dear to my heart. It was negative thirty yeah, when was it was saying. happening, but it, <laughs> but it's like it's a Flyers type player, and I get that big physicality, heart on their sleeve kind of athlete and that I love. I just hope that that doesn't become like the full rebranding because we don't need all like the big goons, basically like pulling out all of the the cliches out of the, the dictionary right now. Um, you know, huffing and puffing down the ice, all about hitting all about physicality because the game is getting, Faster and shorter, and more skill adjacent. Then yeah. I am going to plow you into the boards, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to lose three teeth. Yeah, like I mean, I still very much love that. Yeah, aspect it's always fun hockey. when you see it. Oh yeah, I love. It's important. I love it, but I'm always, I'm always so, like a little, little, little alert goes off, like oh, a Flyers type player. What is, what does that mean in terms of identity for the franchise currently? Yeah. Like, what are we looking at? Yeah. Um. But I, I'm curious, and I mean, half like you said, he he's a beast against the Flyers, he, so he knows what to expect um, joining this team. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he adds it, the veteran presence, and like you said, Tortorella. I think he'll be great competition for Wade Allison yeah. because, like you said, he's going to have to earn that spot. And that's why I enjoy the free agent signings because it makes everybody in the system— prospects or current players on the roster be like I'm not safe. Yeah. I need to fight for my spot and I love that.
1: Yeah, teams love competition and a coach like John Tortorella definitely likes competition. Uh it's good to have players earn things, not have those things given to them for sure. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone including a great sports book. Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Brooke Ryan Paling, a 24-year-old center, one-year deal, a guy that's, I think, trying to establish himself as an everyday player. Definitely has a bottom-six makeup, but he definitely fits in the mold of being younger and seeing what you have uh, in in that type of player. Uh, For me, I think he's great as a fourth-line center. I think he can really prove himself. And I do think Hathaway and Paling are guys that can play More than eight, nine minutes. I think they can give you eleven to twelve, maybe thirteen. And for John Tortorella, I think his system is predicated on running four lines deep. You, like you, I know it's a cliche, but Tortorella, the way he wants his guys to play, uh, that effort, all out effort, check everyone when they get on the ice, they're making an impact. I think you need guys that can play on the fourth line and give you. Nice double-digit minutes, not that, you know, six, seven minutes and uh, they're hardly on the ice, you know, late in the game. Uh, so I think that will be uh, important for the fourth line. Paling, I think, can give that to him. And with Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, and if Sean Couturier is healthy and all signs point to that he is, pretty, that's- I think that's your top nine pretty? centers. Yeah. yeah. So for me, Paling looks like a, a nice little fourth-line center uh, that can climb in the lineup, maybe play the wing too if, if the Flyers need. That's where I have him. What do you think?
0: Yeah, so very similar I do see him as you know fourth liner um, I I am very curious to see how he makes the adjustment to Philly because you know I think players can either thrive or kind of crumble under new um, environments and I feel like paling has an opportunity to really do something special and and I liked what he had to say once he did sign It's that he he was like, I know I have, I want to be a part of something special. And he thinks that the Flyers are it. He thinks that they're going to have this, this opportunity to kind of build up. And again, you you see a lot of mixed reviews. Like, why are you bringing in this 24 year old when, you know, you have the prospect pools and, you know, you need to let the younger guys play, but it, it takes, you take from here, you take from here, you take from there to rebuild there's not just one structured way you need more than just your prospects in the system and whether he is a launching pad for some of the other guys to you know step up their game i'm like they're like oh they, they signed they signed paling like what does that mean for me yeah. you know they step that game up or paling really finds his presence on the ice and solidifies himself as that fourth line center and somebody who can be relied upon. I mean, I know like I'm not getting ahead of myself, but you know, you look down the road at, you know, the late games of the season and the playoffs, it's, it's the bottom six forwards that kind of make or break your, your chances essentially, because you always feel like the top two lines balance each other out across the board. And then it's those bottom sixers that, you know, make you figure out like, are you worth being a championship team? Are you yeah. are you capable of being a playoff team? So, you know, possibilities are endless. Um, again, we're bringing in a guy from Pittsburgh, so yeah. I'm like, all right, like somebody who knows the Flyers well enough, yeah. um, played against them. I'm curious to see how he adjusts to under Tortorella and company. So,
1: and I think he came here uh, a lot because of the opportunity. I think he sees a rebuild. He sees a lineup that's kind of in flux and nothing is set in stone. And so he's going to push for more than just fourth line minutes. I think he's going to look to get more. Um, and I think it's a nice spot f- for the Flyers and for Paling because he fits that age range. He's only on a one-year deal. So he's definitely in a prove it mode and the Flyers can wait and see if, if he Looks like he could be a player and a guy that might worth, you know, might be worth keeping around. Uh, you can resign him if if he doesn't really click here and um, doesn't really fit what they're doing. You can let him walk, or you can even flip him at the trade deadline. Uh, teams might be interested in him, especially uh, if he's getting some minutes here and he's producing. So I think there's some flexibility there with the Flyers. Uh, and Brooke, you're right. A lot of the contending teams eventually, you got to round out your lineup and have you know, identity kind of in the bottom six or uh, excuse With, me though. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Your bottom six. So uh, definitely, I think that's going to be important. And again, we know John Tortorella likes those types of players and understands the value of depth in his four groups. And yeah, Pelling, I think is going to push that competition.
0: Yeah. And if, if we're significantly stressing the fourth line being the identity line, mm-hmm. they're not going to throw to the wayside. Then they're really going to construct from top to bottom, what is going to work and be most beneficial. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I feel like, you know, people are like, really, we're, we're getting excited about who's going to play on the fourth line. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's where <laughs> the flowers are. It's, <laughs> yes. it's a rebuild. And um, I mean, I think it would have been a problem if they went out and they spent and they got a, like a big name for because that doesn't fit their exactly. rebuild mindset. There's little
0: contracts, yeah. little trials, right. in a rebuild that is, Fine. Right. There's nothing substantial. Nothing that's going to kill the cap. Nothing with the restricted free agents in the upcoming years that would affect signings. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Deep breaths.
1: <laughs> yeah. If any of these deals went into the three-year range, if any of them had trade protection, I would have been like, "Why? Yeah. What's the point of that? Um, none of them do." And uh, the Flyers do need depth. I mean, you got to put guys on the ice. You're going to have injuries, uh, and you do want to push your younger players and. I think they've set themselves up decently with Hathaway and Paling to give themselves depth, some reassurance, and, uh, and and you'll and we'll see where it goes in terms of the competition. Come training camp in the regular season. Brooke, I think maybe the most debated one is Mark Stahl. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I think that was probably the one that maybe made Flyers friend, f- friends. Flyers fans. Our friends. <laughs> our, our friends, friends.
0: Our pals. Yes,
1: we like fans. Um, <laughs> I think that probably made them scratch their heads the most. I don't think people were expecting a guy of his caliber, a guy that just went to the Stanley Cup, a guy that's played over a thousand games, uh, a guy that's thirty six to be brought in. That one, uh, oh, Mark Stahl. What you last said? Yes, <laughs> thirty six <laughs> years old, one year deal. Definitely think they want him to be a mentor of of, of sorts, provide uh, you know support some support for the younger players in this rebuild. But where does he fit? Where does he play? I know you didn't exactly agree with the signing. Uh what what kind of bothered you a little bit maybe about bringing in Mark Stahl?
0: Now, I am going to preface with I don't think anything Danny Briere has done this off-season is bad. Yeah. I think for his first off-season as general manager, he's killing it. Loved what he was capable of doing with the draft. Um in terms of these free agent signings, like nothing was Like, ship is sinking, wave the white flag, like, what is happening situation. I did scratch my head a little bit with with the Mark Stahl signing. Um, Not for lack of connections. You know, he played under Tortorella for five years. Um, I just, mm, (laughs) (laughs) it's very back and forth. Like, he is a, a, in, in terms of athlete, he is on the older side of being a veteran player. And that's not even the part that really bothered me. It was more so the fact that, you know, you just kind of unload players that had some issues off the ice with, you know, you know, co- some controversies with like Ivan Provorov and Tony D'Angelo. And then you bring in Mark Stahl who kind of had the same things that Provorov was dealing with. Yeah. And it's just like, I get it. I respect it, you know, your own opinions and everything, but um it's just, when you're in a rebuild and trying to build like this healthy locker room experience from the ground up and you have all these younger guys and you're looking toward like older veterans like if he's being brought in to be a mentor will you mentor correctly yeah sure (laughs) will you raise these boys the way i need you to (laughs)
1: exactly
0: (laughs) um so it's it's more so lots of question marks around him it's not the worst thing they could have done it's not the best thing that could have Happened. Um.
1: Yeah, what what Brooke was alluding to was Mark Stahl did not wear the Florida Panthers Pride Night yeah. warm up jersey, uh, and that became a very polarizing topic throughout the league. Uh, as we know, Ivan Provov decided not to to wear the jersey uh, when he was with the Flyers last season. He cited his Russian Orthodox religion. Mark Stahl cited his, I believe, his Christian religion for why uh, he did not wear it. Uh, some other players throughout the league started doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brooke, I see what you were saying. Um, I I, just, I I'm just sure want, that may bother some fans.
0: I just want, <laughs> like, as a a simply put as I can like, make it, I want positive energy. I don't yeah. want any kind of, like, like tizzies or any kind of drama pertaining to anything else. Like, when you're in a rebuild and it's so building from the ground up and it's, it's lots of raw, like, Trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. You don't need anything to kind of throw a curveball at you yeah. and be like, okay, now we need to take the focus off of what we are doing, which is building a team on the ice and have to fix something that's happening off it. Um, it just kind of I don't want us every like everybody shifting focus. Yeah, I guess you can say. Um, and I just want everybody to be loved and happy. Yeah, yes. And I'll just- Put a little stamp at the end. Of
1: that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And and when you're when you're bringing in guys, uh, you a big aspect of it is making sure they're a right fit for the locker room and they're going to be a good mentor and and and, and uh, do the right things uh, on and off the ice. Um, Mark Stahl, a veteran, a guy's played a lot of games. Uh, did have that moment last season where he decided not to wear the Pride Night themed uh, warm up jersey. Um, I don't think the Flyers were probably too worried about that. Yeah, no. Obviously, uh, there's not going to be any more themed warm-up jerseys. The NHL uh, came to that decision, um, I think, this off-season. I believe I saw in reports. So, uh, but regardless, it is something worth chatting about, and it. I think yeah. there was probably a portion of fans out there that when they saw the signing, they remember what Mark Stahl did during that during uh, last season. And perhaps that bothered them a little bit. I think it's very fair.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like even just like off ice compared to on ice, I just, I don't think in terms of signing him for his age, his experience, like I just think that was the biggest, what moment this off season. Yeah. Um, Aside from the veteran presence it's like okay what else can you bring to the team yeah, right I'm not sure yeah but maybe he'll prove me wrong I love being proved wrong yeah <laughs> I love it I embrace it
1: yeah my my biggest problem would be if Mark Stahl's playing top pair minutes Big if minutes. he's if he's getting more minutes than Cam York or if he's playing more um he's if he's playing in more situations than some of your younger prospects Because the Flyers have come out and they said they want to get younger in the back end. John Tortorella said it at the end of the season in April that he thinks more youth is needed on the back end. Um, And Danny Barrera has come out and said the Flyers don't want to block their kids. So I think it's important to balance the not blocking but also supporting them. Uh, But you need to, I think the Flyers need to stay true to that mission of not blocking the kids. Um, so to me, ideally, Mark Stahl is like a second pair guy or a third pair guy. I'd be fine if he was a second pair guy and he was maybe complimenting a young player sure. on that pair, or maybe he's playing with a vet uh and just kind of giving you a solid, durable pair. Um so ideally in my mind, Brooke, I would say maybe have him play. I don't I don't want to see him play with cam York I think cam York should be on the top pair agreed and he's a lefty shot like Mark Stahl I I want to see York play his left side like I think Ivan Provarov is no longer here he was your left shot top pair D I feel like a part of the reason to to move on from Provarov was to open up a spot for a kid cam York looks like your future play him top pair left left side I'm sure there's gonna be times where he bumps down maybe to the second sure. pair. But I would love to see him in that top pair role. Give him the minutes. See how he handles it. Put him in a good spot uh, on his right, on his side that he should be playing. So maybe for me, Brooke, I would maybe like to see Mark Stahl maybe play with Travis Sandheim. Um, I could see that maybe being a second pair. Uh, maybe have Rasmus Frisellin and be your righty shot top pair. Get the righty lefty. That would be shot that would
0: be an interesting dynamic aligned with York and risk the line in
1: yeah and it gives you a little balance you're not too top heavy with York and Sandheim or who are, you know are two of your better puck moving type of defensemen yeah. but you can make the argument and I'm sure you might Brooke that <laughs> Sandheim should be playing top pair given the money he's making given
0: the money that he's making if he's anywhere below the second line I might I might flip my laptop yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but I
1: so how do you say it yeah where do you think yeah, Saul so, fits best
0: I I mean ideally I could see him in bottom pair minutes but sure. i mean in my heart that's what i would want him because i don't want him blocking the younger guys but i don't see them bringing in this player that they want to be like some sort of a mentor playing bottom pair minutes i i think he's going to find a nice little spot second line i i did see with sandheim as well i think it maybe maybe that's what sandheim needs is a little bit of elderly help (laughs) not calling him like you know what i mean yes no um it's i don't know mark Stahl really this was a curveball for me and it's still it's going to be scratching my brain until we hit training camp and we start seeing them you know work who's going to feed off best with one another um as long as as long as they are giving cam york those minutes yeah i will sleep okay at night.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. I think many people will too, if, as long as they see him in the role he should be, uh, especially if he's playing well and he's looking like he deserves it. Um, Mark Stahl and Travis Sanheim are both lefty shots. So you have to figure something out there. Someone's going to have to play on their offside, side, but that's not the biggest thing in the world. No. We've seen it happen. It's going to have to happen. Um, and maybe Stahl being more of a, you know, stay at home veteran type, he could allow Sanheim to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. Provide that offensive game knowing you have Stahl, who last year, I mean, was a very like consistent, durable guy. He played all 82 games, played in the Panthers uh, Stanley Cup run to the final, uh, and he played like around 20 minutes. Like he's, you know, he can play some minutes and, and give you um, some consistency on the back end. Whereas Sanheim, I think, needs to start showing that offensive game again where he's pushing the yeah. envelope, getting up in the play. Um, having a guy like Stahl might complement that. So I could see that maybe being a scenario, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah i I feel like so much relies on what we are going to get out of Travis Sanheim this season, yeah. and I don't know if it was just it was the vibes were off, um, just in the sense you know like adjusting to this new contract. You hear that kind of money, you're like expectations are at an all time high, which is a make or break situation. You're either going to thrive or you're going to crack under the pressure. And I think that that's really what we saw with Sanheim, you know, this past season. So if he comes out now being like, okay, maybe, maybe I am next to this solidified, you know, stay at home player like stall. I'm able to get back to my roots, what I'm good at, what I thrive at and make everybody happy. So the defensive pairings are going to be an interesting thing to keep tabs on. Um really all throughout the season. You don't really know because last year, would we be considering Ristolainen as a top pair defenseman? No. No. But the dynamic could be really interesting against, um, alongside Cam York. Yeah. So who knows? And, who knows?
1: And the Flyers' top pair from the season opener last year is gone. Ivan Pro, Robin Tony D'Angelo. So I think the Flyers have really opened up, I think, opportunity on their back end. And they're going to ask... For people to show them, like, hey, you might not, you know, in a perfect world, you might not be a top pair of guy, but we're going to give you the opportunity to play some top pair minutes. Let's see what you have. um, And and yeah, perhaps a guy like Ristolani can kind of re-solidify himself as potentially a top pair guy, at least with the Flyers. Same with Sandheim. Yeah. I think people believe there's some top pair upside, especially with those offensive ability. Let's see it. And Cam York especially, I think the opportunity is there for him to
0: I think he's gonna uh, have a crazy season. Yeah, I do. I just think
1: first full crack at a full season, yep. right? Uh
0: give him the give him the like ability to impress you, and he will. Yeah. Like give him that trust, give him that responsibility, and I think he's gonna go off. Yeah. I really do.
1: And I think a guy that people are gonna look to bounce back is Travis Sanheim. And a funny trend I noticed is that he's he has seemed to kind of be like an every other year player. If you look back at his years in 2018, 19, he was very good and he was the team's, I think most improved player Then 20. uh, All right. That might've been in 2019, 20. I got to look back, but 2019, 20, 2018, 19. Then in the shortened year, he really struggled alongside Philip Myers. Then last season, best defenseman on the team, uh, 2021, 22, best defenseman on the team, most improved player. And then last year, a step back so it's weird but it the trends have said he's been like an every other year player maybe this year he uh this is right this'll the be, ship. yeah this will be his up year uh where he turns it on uh i think there's going to be high expectations for him uh but a ton of i think potential and instability on the back end a lot of moving parts broke a yeah. lot of competition that will be i think following
0: well that's going to be really exciting is competition and where basically all the cards are going to fall um which gets me excited for training camp. Yes, it's a rebuild year. Yes, there are no expectations, but I'm really excited to see all these young guys, you know, really start to fight for their spots yeah. and fight for their chance to be there. So that's why, like I said, nice little, nice little bookend here. Yes, That's why I'm happy with the competition aspect of bringing in free agents. So we'll see what happens.
1: Indeed. Competition always makes things interesting. And I think the Flyers should have it. Uh, that's what, I think part of maybe the beauty or the intrigue with a rebuild team is competition, it's figuring, figuring out what guys should be here. Maybe what guys don't fit the flyers plan anymore. And we'll have it all covered right here on the flyers talk podcast. We do. Brooke will continue to look at lines and stuff as this offseason sort of drags on. I think it's maybe in the drag on phase <laughs> where it's getting a little <laughs> <Good> slower, <night. laughs> which is not a terrible thing. I think everyone will take the break uh, from the crazy stuff or the busy time of the off season, but we'll have plenty more to look at uh, as this off season moves on. And as we get closer to sep- September, which means training camp. Yes. Uh, but Brooke, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Uh, really appreciate your time. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And of course, Flyers fans, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers talk podcast, wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.